Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and we're going to be chasing some cross-references around again because we have another account of Jesus. Remember, he had just uh, uh, dealt with the, the, what we call the demoniac, the Gadarene, Gazarene demoniac. And I hate calling him that after all the demons are out of him, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we might need to just give him a name someday. But anyway, Jesus had just dealt with him, and he had left because the people had asked Jesus to leave. They were terrified. They were afraid of what they saw him do. And they ask him to leave. And I can't drive home that point enough that that happens so often, uh, even today, that the power of God will move and people move in fright and fear and ask the Lord to leave. They quench the Holy Spirit. Okay? So in chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. So he went back. He left. He left and he went back across the the sea again, and he comes to his own city, he comes to Capernaum, that's where he was living in. So this is Matthew 9, verse 2 now. And they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. Now, we're going to look at this account in Mark and in Luke both in subsequent episodes, and we get a lot more detail logistically about what's happening with some things from Mark and Luke than we do in Matthew. But each one of these Gospels uh, has things that are of tremendous import to understanding this particular account and what occurred, but also as to what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be living today. So you notice here in verse 2, just out of the blue it says, and they, we're not sure who these they are, we'll see later, and they brought to him a paralytic lying on the bed. So what's the situation? Someone's paralyzed, he's on a bed, he can't move, and some people have brought him. Seeing their faith... Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now let me read that again. Just pay attention to what's happening. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw the faith of those who brought the paralytic to him. Now, it could also have been the faith of the paralytic also. Now, you know what's going to happen. Jesus is about to uh, heal this guy in more than one way. Right here, he's told him, hey, take courage, okay? Take courage, son, cause him son. And it literally means to be of good courage, okay? Be of good cheer. Take courage. Your sins are forgiven. Now, do you think from what we've seen right here that uh, uh, some friends and a paralytic who's laid on a bed have come to Jesus to have his sins forgiven. Well, no, they, they were more in, inclined to think, we want him healed physically. But Jesus starts off with the sins because this is what the Father led him to do. Verse 3, And some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemes. So you got the scribes there. You always had the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees lurking about around Jesus, looking to see what's happening, listening to what's occurring, they're trying to set him up, right? So now they're accusing him of blasphemy. And Jesus, 
knowing their thoughts said. So there's a couple things I want us to see here. We see that Jesus saw the faith of the paralytic and those that brought him there. Okay, How did he see the faith? Well, they came. If nothing else, now when you look in Mark and Luke, you're going to find out that there was a lot more to them coming. This is the account where they couldn't get in and they went up on the roof and removed the tiles and dropped him down from the roof. That's what's going on here. You don't really see that in Matthew, but you see it in Mark and you see it in Luke. So Jesus sees this tremendous act of faith. Now, when these folks, these scribes are saying this, it says Jesus knowing their thoughts. Folks, he sees the faith that we move in. He knows our thoughts. So he looks at them and he says this, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? So he's revealing them right from the get-go. Hey, I know what you're thinking. Why are you thinking this evil in your heart? Then Jesus continues in verse 5. Which is easier to say? Okay, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? So he's asking these scribes, who are very smart men, okay, they're, they're knowledgeable in the law, they're religionists, and he says, <coughs> which one's easier to do? To say to somebody, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk when he's paralyzed like this? Well, it's a rhetorical question. Nobody's going to answer that, right? Jesus continues, verse 6, But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, he, now Jesus looks to the paralytic and says this to him, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. So the scribes, religionists are sitting there thinking, hey, this guy's a blasphemer. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, why are you thinking this evil in your heart? He knew what they were thinking. And he asked him, which one's easier to do, to forgive him of the sins or to heal him? And then he looks at the guy and he, and he, well, he looks at the scribes first and he says, so that you will know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. In other words, so that you will know that what I just said was true forgiveness from the Most High God, I'm going to give you a sign, and that sign is I'm going to heal this man. And he looks at the man, and he gives him three directives. Get up, pick up your bed, and go home. It's sort of interesting things right here. We all know how we have felt if you've been sick for a day or two, just on your back, lay down in bed or something like that, how when you get up, you're so weak, you know, sort of hard to walk. Can you imagine if you've been a paralytic and you never walk? And Jesus just tells him, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. Jesus didn't tell him to linger around. Why not? You see Jesus doing this a lot. He'll tell him to go home. He'll tell him, we saw it previously, to go and proclaim with the great things that God has done right here. Well, guess what happened in verse 7? He got up and he went home. <laughs> That's what it says in verse 7. He got up and he went home. Now, remember, we'll see more about this in the next two Gospels. But there was a pressing crowd about here. Okay? So he would have had to work his way out of the crowd to get out of the house. Verse 8. But when the crowd saw this, they were awestruck. And awestruck actually means afraid. They were afraid. And glorified God who had given such authority to men. They glorified God who had given the authority to men, to men. I thought the authority was given to Jesus. Well, it was given to Jesus because that's what he said right here, that you will know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
But the people are sitting there realizing, wait a minute, this is the power of God that's moving through it says such authority to men. Matthew used the plural right here. It shows us that Jesus really and truly was a man. It's one of these little hints you see. You know, we don't think about this a lot because we can sort of assume it in our, our religious backgrounds, you know. But uh, there was huge debate in the early church whether Jesus was truly a man. A lot of people thought that he was God, just God, and he just appeared to be a man. He was just more an apparition. He was like a ghost type of thing. No, no, he was truly a man. And this is one of these things that gives a little affirmation of that, you know, that God had given such authority to men. The people were rejoicing over this. Now, final moment right here. Here's what I want us to keep in mind, okay? What we saw right here is that Jesus sees. He saw their faith. He sees our faith. He sees our lack of faith, folks. And that Jesus knew the thoughts of those that were complaining and were mouthing off in the background, this fellow blasphemes. He knew this. And he just confronted them point blank, and he says, why are you thinking evil in your, in your hearts? Isn't that a great question? It's a great question of ourselves. It's a great question for one another. Well, we'll look at the next two Gospels as we continue. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you then.